Chapter 11 Dean Frost Jack Once upon a time there was a homeless man named Jack who wandered the streets, looking for a place to call home. One day he stumbled upon Harvard University and was struck by its beauty and grandeur. Jack had always been a bright man, but due to his circumstances he never had the opportunity to pursue an education. However, he was determined to find a way to stay at Harvard. As he walked around the campus, Jack came across an office with a sign that read, Dean of Students. He sneaked in and discovered that the previous dean had retired and the position was open. Jack, who was a quick thinker, decided to assume the position of dean of students. He spent the next twenty-five years at Harvard, fulfilling his role as dean of students with great dedication and passion. He became well-known and respected by both the students and faculty, who had no idea that he was a homeless man who had snuck into the position. However, Jack eventually realized that his true passion was frozen yogurt. He had always loved the treat and dreamed of opening his own shop. So he took out a loan for a million dollars and started his own Froyo franchise, which quickly became a hit. For another twenty-five years, Jack devoted his time and energy to his Froyo business, creating new flavors and expanding his franchise across the country. He was happy, successful, and had finally found his true calling. One day, Jack was enjoying his own frozen yogurt creation when he suddenly felt a sharp pain in his head. He had eaten too much, too quickly, and had given himself a severe brain freeze. Despite the best efforts of his doctors, Jack did not recover from the injury and passed away. But Jack's legacy lived on through his Froyo franchise, which continued to thrive for many years to come. And though he had never earned a degree from Harvard, Jack had proven that education comes in many forms and that anyone can achieve their dreams with hard work and determination. As a writer and philosopher, Ayn Rand believed in the concept of individualism and self-interest. She would likely view Jack's efforts as a demonstration of his individualistic nature and his desire to pursue his own interests and passions even in the face of societal expectations and norms. Rand believed that people should be free to pursue their own goals and desires without interference from others or the government. In Jack's case, she might view his decision to assume the position of dean of students and start his own Froyo franchise as an expression of his individualism and his pursuit of happiness and success on his own terms. At the same time, Rand also believed in the importance of rationality and reason in decision-making. She might have questioned whether Jack's decision to take out a million-dollar loan to start his own business was rational or not, especially given his lack of experience in the frozen yogurt industry. Overall, 
Rand would likely view Jack's story as a testament to the power of individualism and the importance of pursuing one's own goals and desires. Bilden's Spiritual Struggles Spark Serenity Bilden Trugston Smith VI was a man of many talents. He was intelligent, creative, confident, and determined. But he never could have predicted how much his life would change after he converted to Christianity. As he navigated the challenges of his newfound faith, Bilden faced a whole new set of struggles. But he remained committed to his beliefs, relying on his sense of humor and emotional depth to weather the storms that came his way. One day, he met a prostitute named Samantha, who was in desperate need of help. She had been struggling to make ends meet, turning to prostitution as a way to pay her bills and support her family. But when she found herself in trouble with a dangerous client, she turned to Bilden for help. He was initially hesitant, knowing that his Christian reputation could be damaged if he was seen associating with a prostitute. But he couldn't ignore Samantha's plight and he soon found himself drawn to her kind heart and compassionate spirit. As they spent more time together, Bilden and Samantha began to fall in love. They dated in secret, keeping their relationship hidden from the outside world in order to protect both their reputations. But it wasn't easy. They faced constant pressure from society to conform to traditional Christian values, even as they struggled to reconcile their love with Samantha's profession. Despite the challenges, Bilden and Samantha remained committed to one another, using their intelligence and creativity to navigate the complexities of their situation. They relied on their determination and sense of humor to keep each other motivated, even in the face of adversity, and they drew on their emotional depth and charisma to connect with one another on a deeper level, recognizing that their love was a force to be reckoned with. Bilden even went out of his way to do something ridiculously over-the-top romantic for Samantha, but unfortunately, it backfired. She was receptive at first, but moments later, she regretted ever having met Bilden and left him for her old pimp named Bear Big Dick Ben. Despite the heartbreak, Bilden never lost faith in love or his religion. He continued to use his talents to make a difference in the world always remembering the challenges that had brought him to where he was and the lessons he had learned along the way. After the devastating loss of Samantha, Bilden was heartbroken. He turned to his newfound spirituality for solace, seeking guidance and wisdom from the teachings of Hinduism. As he immersed himself in his practice, Bilden began to find a sense of peace and purpose that he had never experienced before. He started to see the world in a new light, recognizing the interconnectedness of all things and the importance of compassion and forgiveness. He also began to realize that his love for Samantha had not been in vain. Through their relationship, he had learned important lessons about love, acceptance, and the power of the human spirit. He knew that he could use these lessons to make a difference in the world, to help others who were struggling as Samantha had. And so, he began a new chapter in his life, 
dedicating himself to serving others and spreading the message of love and compassion. He used his talents and his newfound spirituality to help those in need, working tirelessly to create a better world for all. Through his work, Bilden found a sense of fulfillment and joy that he had never experienced before. He knew that his journey had been a difficult one, but he also knew that it had led him exactly to where he needed to be, and he was grateful for every moment of it. Bilden's work continued to bring him closer to people from all walks of life, including those who had experienced the same struggles and challenges as Samantha. One day, he met a woman named Rachel, who had recently left the life of prostitution behind. She was strong, resilient, and determined to start a new life for herself. As Bilden got to know Rachel, he was drawn to her intelligence, humor, and fierce independence. They shared many interests and passions, and they quickly became close friends. As their friendship deepened, Bilden realized that he was falling in love with Rachel. He decided to propose to her, hoping to start a new chapter in his life and build a future with the woman he loved. But before he could pop the question, Rachel dropped a bombshell. She had reconnected with her ex-pimp, Huge Dong Joe, and she was leaving Bilden to be with him. Bilden was devastated. He couldn't understand why Rachel would choose to return to a life of prostitution or why she would choose Huge Dong Joe over him. But he knew that he had to respect her decision and let her go. Despite the heartbreak, Bilden remained committed to his spirituality and his work. He continued to help others in need, using his talents and his compassion to make a difference in the world. And he never lost faith in love, recognizing that even the most painful experiences could teach us important lessons about ourselves and the world around us. As time went on, this story became a legend and people would gather around the campfire singing this tune. Bilden Trogson Smith was a man of many talents, intelligent, creative, confident, and determined. But when he found Christianity, his life was rearranged, new challenges he faced, but his faith remained unchanged. Through the storms he weathered, he never lost his humor, and his emotional depth helped him to endure. Then Samantha entered, a prostitute in need. Bilden's heart was captured, his feelings indeed. They fell in love, but their secret they had to keep. Society's pressure, they could not let it seep. Their love was strong, but their situation complex. With their intelligence and creativity, they could connect. Through the storms they weathered, they never lost their humor and their emotional depth. Helped them to endure. Bilden did something romantic, but it backfired. Samantha left him, and Bilden was left inspired. Bilden turned to Hinduism for guidance and peace. He saw the interconnectedness, and his heart was at ease. Samantha's love was not in vain. Bilden learned much. He helped others in need. With love he would touch. Through the storms he weathered, he never lost his humor, and his emotional depth helped him to endure. Then Rachel came along, 
a former prostitute like Samantha. They shared interests and passions and billed and fell for her persona. But Rachel reconnected with her pimp, Hujong Joe. Bilden's heart was broken. He couldn't let it go. He remained committed to his spirituality and work. Love and compassion, his heart would never shirk. Through the storms he weathered, he never lost his humor, and his emotional depth helped him to endure. Bilden knew love could teach lessons, even if it was painful, and he continued to help others with his heart ever grateful. Chapter 10 High Expectations Two former high school jocks walked into a submarine sandwich deli their bulky frames and boisterous laughter disrupting the otherwise serene atmosphere of the restaurant. They looked around, taken in the sights and smells of the place, clearly out of their element. As they approached the counter, the employee behind it greeted them with a smile, ready to take their order. However, the two jocks just stood there, staring at the menu as if it was written in a foreign language. After a few minutes of awkward silence, the employee tried to help them out by suggesting some of the most popular sandwiches. But the jocks just looked at each other, shrugging their shoulders and shaking their heads in confusion. Finally, they both settled on the first sandwich they saw on the menu, which they ordered with no additional toppings or condiments. As they waited for their food, they sat down at a table and started chatting completely oblivious to the fact that they had just ordered one of the plainest and most boring sandwiches in the entire restaurant. When their sandwiches finally arrived, the jocks eagerly dug in, only to be disappointed by the lack of flavor and variety. They ate in silence, looking at each other with a mix of confusion and disappointment. When they finished, they got up to leave, still completely confused about the entire experience. As they walked out of the restaurant, they muttered to each other about how weird and overrated the place was, completely unaware of their own ignorance and lack of culinary knowledge. Proverbs 12.15 The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. In this story, the two jocks are depicted as ignorant and clueless about the menu, and even though the employee tried to suggest some popular sandwiches, they ignored the advice and settled on the first thing they saw. As a result, they ended up with a boring and disappointing sandwich and left the restaurant with a negative impression of it, without realizing that their own ignorance was the cause of their disappointment. The verse from Proverbs reminds us that those who are foolish often think that they are right, even when they are not. They are too proud to listen to advice and too confident in their own abilities to admit their own limitations. In contrast, a wise person recognizes their own lack of knowledge and is willing to listen to others and seek advice when needed. The story serves as a cautionary tale 
reminding us to be humble and willing to learn, rather than assuming that we know everything. A logical person would conclude that the valuable lesson to take away from this story is the importance of stepping out of one's comfort zone and trying new things. The two jocks were clearly uncomfortable in the deli and did not have the knowledge or experience to order a sandwich that would satisfy their tastes. Their lack of willingness to explore the menu and try different toppings and condiments led to a boring and disappointing meal. This story serves as a reminder that it is important to be open-minded and willing to try new things, especially when it comes to experiencing different foods and cultures. By doing so, we may discover new flavors and experiences that we would have otherwise missed out on. A Saucy Tale Once upon a time, there was a man named Rachel Stacy Carley who had a rare and unusual condition. He loved putting spicy things in his eyes, especially Tabasco sauce. Despite the pain and discomfort, Rachel could not help himself, and he would put a drop or two of Tabasco in his eyes every hour. One day, Rachel was handpicked by the gods to stop the enemy rogue alien empire led by General Darth Zorgzorg XIII. It was said that General Zorgzorg XIII also had a love for Tabasco sauce, and the gods knew that Rachel's unique condition could be used to exploit the general's weakness. When Rachel and General Zorgzorg XIII finally met, they spoke for hours about their passion for Tabasco sauce. They even discussed how they could just drink it if they felt their blood sugar getting low. Rachel knew that he had to make the first move, and he showed the general a bottle of his beloved Tabasco sauce. The general, being a polite alien, insisted that Rachel take the first gulp of Tabasco. But Rachel had a sly plan up his sleeve. Instead of drinking the sauce, he poured it into his eyes, showing General Zorgzorg XIII that his love for Tabasco sauce was truly unmatched. The general let out the longest and loudest fart in the history of the universe, saying, Aw, shit, motherfucker, before exploding. Rachel had saved the day and returned to Earth, where he was awarded a lifetime supply of Tapatio sauce, as people didn't really understand the flavored difference. From that day on, Rachel became known as the Tabasco-eyed hero, and he continued to use his unique condition to fight evil wherever it may be found. After his heroic feat against the alien empire, Rachel Stacy Carley returned to Earth as a hero. Despite his newfound fame and recognition, Rachel still longed for love. Little did he know that love was just around the corner, in the form of a woman named Rachel. Rachel was not like other women. She hated the smell of Tabasco sauce and would often cringe at the sight of Rachel putting it in his eyes. But despite her aversion to the sauce, Rachel still loved him. At first, Rachel struggled to understand Rachel's love for Tabasco sauce, but over time she began to appreciate the passion that Rachel had for the sauce. 
She even began to experiment with milder hot sauces, trying to find a flavor that they could both enjoy. As their love grew, Rachel and Rachel became inseparable. They would spend their evenings watching movies and trying different hot sauces together. Rachel would often tease Rachel about his love for Tabasco sauce, but he knew that she loved him nonetheless. And so, Rachel found love in the most unexpected of places, with the woman who hated the smell of his beloved Tabasco sauce. But love knows no bounds, and Rachel was happy to have found someone who loved him for who he was. Tabasco loving eyes and all. Chapter 9 Bob the Sponge Once upon a time, there was a sponge named Bob who loved his life more than anything else. He was proud of his purpose, which was to clean dishes and surfaces. Every day he was used by the family who owned him, and every day he felt fulfilled in his work. However, things took a dark turn when a group of rogue sponges from a rival household came to kill Bob. They believed that sponges were meant for more than just cleaning, and they wanted to destroy any sponge that did not agree with their ideology. Bob was frightened by the attack, but he did not give up without a fight. He fought back against the rogue sponges with all his might, but he was outnumbered and outmatched. Just when things seemed hopeless, a young boy named Timmy stumbled upon the battle and helped Bob fight off the invaders. Timmy had a unique talent for inventing, and he saw something special in Bob. He wanted to help Bob reach his full potential and become more than just a sponge. Together, Timmy and Bob worked on a project that would revolutionize the world of cleaning. They created a machine that could clean dishes and surfaces even better than any sponge ever could. Bob was hesitant at first, as he loved being a sponge, but Timmy promised him that this was the way of the future. The machine was a huge success, and it quickly became the preferred method of cleaning for households all over the world. Bob was happy that he could still be a part of the cleaning process, but he knew that his days as a sponge were numbered. As the years went on, Bob watched as more and more machines were created to do the work that sponges used to do. He was sad to see his kind become obsolete, but he was also proud to have been a part of the evolution of cleaning. In the end, Bob realized that his purpose in life was not just to clean dishes and surfaces, but to help the world become a cleaner and better place. He may not be a sponge anymore, but he was happy to have played his part in shaping the future. In the Amish community, hard work and simple living are valued. Amish children are taught to take pride in their work and to be content with their place in life. In this story, Bob the Sponge also finds contentment in his work as a cleaner. However, when faced with a challenge from rogue sponges, Bob fights back with all his might. Just as the Amish community would defend their values against outside threats, 
When Timmy comes along and offers to help Bob reach his full potential, Bob is hesitant, just as the Amish community is wary of outside influence. However, Timmy's invention ultimately improves the process of cleaning and makes life easier for people, just as new technologies can sometimes benefit the Amish community. Despite the success of the machine, Bob is saddened by the realization that his days as a sponge are numbered, just as the Amish are aware that their way of life may not last forever. However, Bob also takes pride in the fact that he played a part in shaping the future and making the world a cleaner and better place. Similarly, the Amish believe in leaving a positive legacy and making a positive impact on the world around them. Serial Killer John John had been a notorious serial killer who had terrorized the city for years. He had been caught and sentenced to life in prison, but after serving over two decades, he was granted early parole for good behavior. With no family or friends on the outside, John was struggling to find a place in society. One day, he received an unexpected job offer from a high school looking for a psychology teacher. John had always been interested in the human mind, and he thought this could be his chance for redemption. Despite protests from parents and teachers, the school principal decided to give John a chance to prove himself. John was determined to make a positive impact on his students' lives and use his past experiences to educate them about the dangers of mental illness and the importance of seeking help when needed. On the first day of class, John shared his story with his students, leaving them stunned and frightened. But he quickly reassured them that he was not the same person he once was and that he was committed to helping them learn about the complexities of the human mind. John's unconventional teaching methods involved showing the students crime scene photos and asking them to analyze the killer's behavior and motivations. While some students were uncomfortable, most found the class fascinating and engaging. As the weeks went by, John's passion for teaching and his deep knowledge of psychology began to shine through. His students started to see him as a mentor and a role model, and many of them even sought his advice on personal matters. Despite initial doubts, John had become a beloved teacher in the school, and many students had become interested in pursuing careers in psychology. His story of redemption had inspired them to believe that anyone can change and make a positive impact on society. In the end, John found purpose and meaning in his life by sharing his experiences and knowledge with others. His story was a powerful reminder that everyone deserves a second chance and that even the darkest past can be transformed into a bright future. After a successful year of teaching at the high school, John made a significant impact on the students and the community. His unique approach to teaching psychology had inspired many students to pursue careers in the field, and his story of redemption had touched the hearts of many. The school board and the mayor had taken notice of John's contributions to the community, and they decided to honor him with a special ceremony to recognize his achievements. The ceremony would take place at the town hall, and the mayor would present John with the key to the city, 
The preparations for the ceremony began months in advance. A committee was formed to plan the event, and they worked tirelessly to ensure that everything was perfect. They decided to decorate the town hall with balloons and streamers, and they hired a local caterer to provide refreshments for the attendees. The ceremony was scheduled to begin at 2 p.m., and the entire town was buzzing with excitement. Students, teachers, and community leaders had come to show their support for John and to celebrate his achievements. As John walked into the town hall, he was greeted with a standing ovation. The mayor took the stage and delivered a heartfelt speech about John's contributions to the community. He spoke about how John's dedication to teaching had inspired a new generation of psychologists and how his story of redemption had touched the hearts of everyone in the town. After the speech, the mayor presented John with the key to the city, a symbol of the community's gratitude and respect. John was overwhelmed with emotion, and tears streamed down his face as he accepted the honor. The ceremony ended with a round of applause and a group photo of John and the attendees. The event was a testament to the power of forgiveness and redemption, and it showed that anyone, no matter their past, could make a positive impact on society. As John walked out of the town hall, he felt a sense of pride and accomplishment. He had found a new purpose in life and he knew that he had made a difference in the lives of his students and his community. Chapter 8 Likelihood Once upon a time, there was a boy from a poor family who loved to run. His parents encouraged him with sincerity and supported his dreams of becoming a great runner. One day, he decided to enter a race against another competitor who was wealthy and had all the advantages in life. The wealthy competitor arrived in a limo, flanked by two beautiful models who held on to him suggestively. He French-kissed them both and twisted his body, transforming into his running gear. The boy from the poor family felt a pang of jealousy as he watched the other competitor's grand entrance. He knew that he was at a disadvantage, but he didn't let it stop him. He ran with all his heart, determined to show that he was just as good as the wealthy competitor. However, his body was malnourished and dehydrated, and he could only make it a quarter of the way before he collapsed from brain swelling. The wealthy competitor won the race, and he strutted up to the podium to receive his award in front of the dead child's family. He sneered at them and said, Shouldn't have been poor losers. He then walked away, feeling proud of himself for his victory. As he walked away, an eagle swooped down and grabbed him by the shoulders. He struggled to get free, but the eagle was too strong. It carried him off into the distance, and as they flew away, the family could hear the champion shout again, Shouldn't have been poor losers! The boy's family mourned their loss and wondered why life was so unfair. They knew that the world was a cruel place, and that the weak always finished last and were forgotten. The moral of the story is that life isn't always fair, and that sometimes even the best efforts aren't enough to overcome the advantages of the wealthy and privileged.
This story reminds me of the ancient Greek fable of the tortoise and the hare. In the fable, the hare is overconfident and mocks the slow and steady tortoise, thinking that he will easily win the race. However, the tortoise, despite his disadvantage, perseveres and ultimately wins the race, teaching the hare a lesson about the importance of hard work and determination. Similarly, in the story of the poor boy and the wealthy competitor, the wealthy competitor had all the advantages in life, but his arrogance and lack of respect for others ultimately led to his downfall. The poor boy, on the other hand, had to work harder to achieve his dreams, but he had the support of his family and a strong determination to succeed. The lesson we can learn from these stories is that success is not always determined by wealth or privilege. Hard work, perseverance, and a positive attitude can help us overcome our disadvantages and achieve our goals. We should also remember to treat others with respect and empathy, regardless of their social status or background. The Fucking Curse of the Sea Witch A Mermaid's Quest for Freedom and Love Once upon a time, in a vast and beautiful underwater kingdom, lived a young and curious mermaid named Lily. She was always fascinated by the human world above, and often found herself venturing to the surface to catch a glimpse of the ships passing by. One day, while exploring a nearby coral reef, Lily came across a flounder named Finn and a lobster named Larry. They were both fascinated by the human world too, and had a collection of human objects that they had found washed up on the shore. Lily was intrigued by their collection and decided to help them find more items. They spent their days exploring the underwater world and collecting anything that caught their eye. As time passed, Lily found herself growing increasingly curious about the human world, longing to experience life as a human. She was barely old enough to get married, but the idea of leaving behind her mermaid life and becoming human was all she could think about. One day, she stumbled upon a mysterious sea witch who promised to turn her into a human in exchange for her voice. Desperate to fulfill her dream, Lily agreed to the deal and was transformed into a beautiful human. Excited to explore the world above, Lily set out to find her friends Finn and Larry to show off her new form. However, upon reaching the surface, she found herself struggling to communicate without her voice. She soon came across a handsome sailor named Jack, who had been thrown overboard during a storm. Lily, recognizing him as the same sailor she had saved years ago, took him to shore and cared for him until he recovered. Over the course of the next few days, Lily and Jack spent all their time together. Jack was drawn to her kindness and beauty, and Lily found herself falling in love with him. But time was running out and Lily knew she needed to prove her love to the sea witch in order to regain her voice. On the third day, Jack confessed his love to her and gave her a gentle kiss. At that moment, Lily's voice returned, and the sea witch's curse was broken. She was overjoyed to have her voice back, but even more so to have found true love in Jack. 
Together with her friends Finn and Larry, they continued to explore the wonders of the sea and the surface world, and Lily knew that she had finally found her place in the world. After Lily regained her voice, she and Jack spent more time together exploring the nearby towns and cities. They laughed, shared stories, and created memories that would last a lifetime. However, Lily soon realized that living as a human was not as easy as she had imagined. She missed the freedom of swimming and the company of her underwater friends. She felt trapped on land, and the constant noise and pollution of human society left her feeling overwhelmed and isolated. Jack could see how unhappy Lily was and tried to comfort her, but he couldn't fully understand what she was going through. That's when Finn and Larry appeared, bringing with them a new collection of human objects that they had found on the shore. Lily was grateful for the distraction and spent hours poring over their latest finds. As she held a delicate seashell in her hand, she suddenly had an idea. Jack, she said, I think I know how to make things right. Will you help me? Jack nodded, intrigued. Lily explained her plan. She would gather all the human objects Finn and Larry had collected and sell them to humans in exchange for enough money to buy back her voice from the sea witch. Jack was hesitant at first, but he knew how much it meant to Lily to be able to communicate again. Together, they packed up the collection and set off toward the nearest town. As they walked through the streets, Lily felt a sense of unease. The hustle and bustle of the human world were overwhelming, and she didn't know if she was ready to face it all again. But Jack was by her side, and his presence gave her courage. They finally reached the marketplace, and with Finn and Larry's help, they set up a small stall and began selling their wares. At first, it was slow going. People passed by without a second glance, and Lily felt discouraged. But as the day went on, word began to spread about the curious mermaid and her strange collection of treasures. Soon, a crowd had gathered around the stall, all eager to see the mermaid and her human objects. Lily smiled and chatted with the customers, using gestures and expressions to communicate. Finally, a kind-hearted woman offered to buy the entire collection for a generous sum. Lily and Jack looked at each other, hardly daring to believe their luck. With the money in hand, they made their way back to the sea witch's lair. Lily handed over the gold coins, and the sea witch returned her voice to her with a sly smile. Lily thanked Jack, Finn, and Larry for all their help, and bid them farewell. As she dove back into the ocean, she felt a sense of freedom and joy wash over her. She realized that she didn't need to become human to be happy. All she needed was the love and support of her friends and the freedom to be herself. From that day on, Lily and her friends continued to explore the wonders of the sea and the surface world, finding joy in the simple pleasures of life and the beauty of the world around them. Years went by and Lily had grown restless once again. She had been living as a mermaid for so long that she had begun to long for the human world once more. She remembered the freedom of walking on two legs and the warmth of the sun on her skin. But this time, she knew she couldn't trade her voice again. She had learned her lesson and didn't want to risk losing it forever. She had heard rumors of a different way to become human, and she was determined to find out more. Lily set off on a journey to seek out a wise old octopus who was said to have knowledge of the human world. 
She swam for days, navigating treacherous currents and avoiding dangerous sea creatures until she finally reached the octopus's lair. The octopus welcomed Lily warmly and listened to her tale. He told her of a magical potion that would turn her into a human permanently. But there was a catch. She would have to fall in love with a human and marry him within three days, or the spell would wear off and she would be stuck in her human form forever. Lily was hesitant at first, but the octopus assured her that true love was worth the risk. He gave her a potion and a map to the nearest human settlement, and she set off once again on her quest. As she swam towards the shore, she thought about the kind of man she wanted to fall in love with. She wanted someone brave and kind, who loved the sea as much as she did. But she knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone like that in the human world. Lily finally reached the shore and walked awkwardly on two legs towards the nearest town. She drew curious stares from passers-by, but she was determined to find her true love. As she walked along the beach, she saw a familiar figure in the distance. It was Jack, the sailor she had saved from drowning years ago. He had been sailing the seas ever since, searching for the mermaid who had saved his life. Lily's heart swelled with joy. She knew that Jack was the one she had been searching for. They spent the next three days together, exploring the town and falling deeply in love. On the third day, they stood on the beach at sunset, watching the waves crash against the shore. Lily felt a sense of peace and happiness that she had never felt before. She knew that she had found her true love and that nothing could ever separate them. Jack leaned in and kissed her gently, and at that moment, the magic of the potion was complete. Lily felt herself transforming into a human permanently, and she knew that she would never look back. They were married in a small ceremony on the beach, with Finn and Larry in attendance. Lily felt grateful for all the friends she had made over the years, and for the love that had brought her to this moment. As they walked hand in hand into their new life together, Lily felt a sense of fulfillment that she had never felt before. She knew that she had found her true home, with the man she loved and the sea that had always been a part of her soul. Over the next twenty years, Lily and Jack built a life together in the human world. They settled in a small coastal town where they could be close to the sea and started a family. They had two children, a son and a daughter, whom they loved dearly. Lily adapted to her new life quickly and easily. She enjoyed walking on two legs, feeling the warmth of the sun on her skin and exploring the world with her family. She was grateful for the gift of being able to live as a human, and she never took it for granted. Jack, on the other hand, struggled at times to adapt to life on land. He missed the freedom of the open sea and the company of his fellow sailors. But he loved Lily and their children deeply, and he was willing to make sacrifices to be with them. Together, they ran a small seaside shop where they sold handmade crafts and souvenirs. They also took on odd jobs around town to make ends meet. It was a simple life, but they were happy. As their children grew older and started families of their own, Lily and Jack began to think about their own future. They knew that they were getting older and that they wouldn't be able to run the shop forever. One day, while walking along the beach, 
they came across a young mermaid who was stranded on the shore. She was injured and weak, and Lily recognized her as one of the mermaids from her past. Lily and Jack took the mermaid in and nursed her back to health. As they spent time with her, they remembered their own life under the sea and the friends they had made there. They realized that they missed their old life and longed to see their old friends again. They also knew that they couldn't leave their human lives behind entirely. They decided to split their time between the human world and the sea, living as both humans and merfolk. It wasn't an easy decision, but Lily and Jack knew it was the right one for them. They continued to run their shop during the summers and spent the winters under the sea, visiting their old friends and exploring new parts of the ocean. As they grew older, their children and grandchildren visited them both on land and under the sea. They passed on their love of the sea and its creatures to the next generation, and their family continued to thrive and grow. Lily and Jack knew that they had been blessed with a long and fulfilling life together, and they were grateful for every moment they had shared. They looked back on their journey from mermaid to human and back again, and they knew that it had all been worth it. In the end, they knew that they had found their true home, in the love they shared and in the beauty of the sea that had brought them together. Often as tradition, they would play their favorite VHS recording of the news report on their life. It went something like this. Breaking news, mermaids found to exist according to local legends. In a surprising twist of events, local legends of mermaids living in underwater kingdoms have been found to be true. Reports of a young and curious mermaid named Lily have surfaced, detailing her adventures with two friends, a flounder named Finn and a lobster named Larry. According to witnesses, Lily had a fascination with the human world and adventured to the surface often, catching glimpses of passing ships. Eventually, she found herself making a deal with a mysterious sea witch to become human in exchange for her voice. However, when she finally reached the surface, she found it difficult to communicate and was taken care of by a sailor named Jack, whom she had saved previously. As Lily and Jack explored the surface world, she found herself longing for the freedom of the ocean and the company of her underwater friends. Together with Finn and Larry, they devised a plan to gather human objects and sell them to buy back her voice from the sea witch. This led them to the nearest town where they sold the objects and ultimately succeeded in getting her voice back. This incredible story sheds light on the existence of mermaids and their extraordinary lives. It also highlights the importance of friendship and the freedom to be oneself. The world eagerly awaits the possibility of encountering more mermaids and uncovering more secrets of the underwater world. Chapter 7 Home is where the heart is. The homeless man and the lawyer locked eyes from across the park and it was as if the world stopped. They were both drawn to each other in a way that they couldn't explain. As they approached each other, the lawyer couldn't help but notice the handsome features of the homeless man, despite his rugged appearance. They talked for hours, sharing stories of their lives and dreams for the future. As night fell, they found themselves alone in a secluded corner of the park. 
the homeless man's fingers traced the lawyer's cheek as he leaned in for a kiss. Their lips met in a fiery passion that quickly consumed them both. Clothes were discarded haphazardly as they explored each other's body with feverish intensity. The lawyer had never felt so alive as he did in that moment, tangled up with this homeless man beneath the stars. They moved together in perfect harmony, the lawyer's body responding to the homeless man's every touch. When they finally reached the pinnacle of pleasure, they collapsed into each other's arms, breathless and sated. Afterwards, as they lay there in each other's embrace, they both knew that this was something special. They had found a connection that transcended their social status and differences. The lawyer vowed to help the homeless man find a job and a place to live, and the homeless man promised to always be there for the lawyer whenever he needed him. And at that moment, they both knew that they had found love in the most unexpected of places. From a Catholic perspective, sexual activity is intended to be an expression of the love between a husband and wife in the context of marriage. Sexual activity outside of marriage, regardless of the genders involved, is considered a sin. This story depicts a sexual encounter between two individuals who are not married, one of whom is hopeless and has no clear means of support. From a Catholic perspective, it would be seen as a violation of the moral order established by God, which is meant to guide human relationships and promote the common good. The Catholic Church also teaches that every human being has inherent dignity and worth as a child of God, regardless of their social status or personal circumstances. The lawyer in the story shows compassion and concern for the homeless man's well-being, which is in keeping with Catholic social teaching on the preferential option for the poor and vulnerable. However, the sexual encounter that follows is seen as a grave sin that is harmful to both individuals involved, both spiritually and emotionally. Furthermore, the Church teaches that sexual activity is intended to be an expression of self-giving love that is open to the possibility of new life. This kind of love is only possible within the context of marriage, which is seen as a lifelong commitment between a man and a woman. The sexual encounter depicted in the story, while passionate and intense, is not grounded in this kind of self-given love and is therefore seen as morally problematic. In conclusion, while the story depicts a relationship between two individuals who come from different social backgrounds, the sexual encounter between them would be seen as a violation of Catholic moral teaching. From a Catholic perspective, human sexuality is intended to be an expression of love that is grounded in the context of marriage, and sexual activity outside of this context is considered sinful. The Catholic Church recognizes the inherent dignity and worth of every human being and calls for compassion and concern for the poor and vulnerable. 
but also emphasizes the importance of living in accordance with God's moral order.